Once a mockingbird, he was overheard Singing out a word to a cattle herd All you low-band creatures, dig what I'm laying down All you sinners, drop everything, everything Let the melody and the harmony ring Let ring, lift arms up to heaven and sing Ring a ding, sing your syllables, won't you sway and swing What a thing, start with clapping your hands all about, all about Don't be silent, let the Lord hear you shout Shout it out, and just let the music come podcast i'm john and i'm nicholas and we just decided to get things rolling with music so uh uh late earlier in the week uh got a message on instagram before it was released uh, here in america that charlie watch had passed away and uh, my heart sank this guy was the backbone of the stones quintessential gentleman not at all flamboyant didn't like the rock star groupie life you know he had a struggle with drugs and alcohol at one point and throat cancer uh, about 17 years ago but uh, decent guy married to the same gal for 57 years uh, rest in peace Charlie the backbone of the Rolling Stones and uh, after that oh that was honky-tonk women from sticky fingers right uh I think the first time that I remember hearing the Rolling Stones was the song You Can't Always Get What You Want yep. uh, in the car. Uh, and I was driving with mom and um, and I was being a whiny little kid and she put the song on 
and then I kept whining because I I didn't appreciate music at that point. Um, she was but, trying to send you a message. Yeah, I probably wanted a toy car or something, and I couldn't get it. Oh. Yeah, but I've come a long way since then, and I I really love the Rolling Stones and the, the drumming especially. So, rest in peace, Charlie Watts. Uh, he was he's been a great influence and a great inspiration to many drummers who have come since including myself yeah he's a perfect time machine like Ringo uh, not at all flamboyant just a solid solid player and uh, pretty much in my opinion the leader of the band but uh, that that's subject to discussion uh, so honky talk women and then after that uh, the 77's What's the name of that song again, Nicholas? Lock? That's right, Lock, from the album Pray Naked from 1992. Now, I have the Christian label release of it, and uh, they dare not use the words naked on it, so they centered out the title of the song on the back cover. But uh, it's, uh, it's such a great record, Lock. It just kicks out the jams with all due respect to MC5 and then Sing Ye Sinners from Manhattan Transfer's album Swing when does that go back? 1997 it, it goes back away so a year before I was born probably hey. more like a year and a half at least well geez so that means all three songs were out before you were born yeah that's most of the songs on here though yeah. There's been a lot of good music before I was born, and some good music since I was born, too. Yep, there's definitely some good music out there still. Yep. You're finding it. Yeah, and it goes to show you how young I really am. Yep, yep. And, uh, I'm, a, I'm just a kid. And I'm an old man. Not that old. <laughs> old enough to know better. So, Manhattan <laughs> Transfer, I, I recognize the name. Um, were they a popular group? Yep, yep. They uh, they were uh, a great vocal quartet. Um, did some swing, did some big band stuff. Uh, this album, Swing, has uh, featured artists uh, Ricky Skagg, Stephen Grappelli, Ray Brown, the Rosenberg Trio, Asleep at the Wheel, and fiddle player Mark O'Connor. So, you know, just a great ensemble, great talent. Um, I, I have a few of their pieces, and uh, I think I think their their first album. I have their debut album on vinyl. I still have it. I didn't purge it, and uh, it opens with uh, Tuxedo Junction, which is a great tune. So, you know, and Jeffrey Barnes from Brave Combo even did some session work for them at one time. So, great musicians attract great musicians. That's right. Jeffrey Barnes is to catch me out when it comes to reeds and wind instruments. Certainly. So what do you have? Well, I'm starting it off with something from Uncle Jerry's collection. Um, uh, a band called The House of Love. And uh, they had an album called Babe Rainbow. And I'm going to start it out with the first track, uh, You Don't Understand. And... I, I, I just 
I just took the price tag off, and it's from Record and Tape Traders. Oh, my. May they rest in peace. Oh. Oh. I was hoping Traction Wax would open in the old Towson location. But uh, I think, if I recall correctly, the owner of Traction Wax made an offer to take the lease or something years ago, but they turned it down, and I don't think he's going to Towson anytime soon. I think he opened a store in Westminster. Really? Yep. Wow. So two stores they've got now? Yep. But huh. Catonsville's closer. Cool. I like I like the idea of record stores. Yeah. Uh, probably not profitable, but it would be something fun no, to do one day. If they weren't profitable, they wouldn't be open. So. Yeah. You know, it's 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 like video games. It's it's uh, it's market driven. Um, you know, it used to be a time when you would get pennies on the dollar for a record. And they would turn around and, I don't know, sell them for insane amounts of money. But there's so much competition out there now with pop-up retailers, record shows, and all that type of thing that uh, most people are within line. And that's why I like go, going digging once in a while. Because I know I'm getting stuff at a fair price. And I'm sure if I walked in with a wad of cash, I could probably negotiate downwards. You know, if I had several hundred dollars worth of vinyl in my hands, but haven't had that happen in a while. Hmm. Hey, record and tape traders, wouldn't they try to get you to buy magazine subscriptions there? Or like they? They tried. Yeah they they always they always seem to peddle some sort of magazine thing. Well, it's like McDonald's. They always try to suggest a sell, and uh, maybe they were working with a clearinghouse that would pay them so much for every order they wrote that type of thing like a broker so it uh, uh, it's retail hmm. that's retail and this is Babe Rainbow
From Omaha, Nebraska, that was 311, uh, song 816 AM off of their 1994 album called Grassroots. This was their sophomore release right after uh, their music release in 1992. Uh, they were touring around, and then their tour bus caught fire. Uh-oh. Yeah, sometime in 1993 or so. Um so it was pretty much a fresh start after that they continued touring with some um some uh donations and i guess you could call it crowdfunding before um before the internet popularized the term so they were able to continue touring but they kind of had to start fresh from there and uh they recorded their second album kind of with some inspiration from uh coming back from that uh tour bus thing yeah apparently they were driving on the highway and then the the fuel tank like it had a bunch of fuel in it and and uh well yeah i guess that's how that's how fuel tanks work and and uh they were they thought that they could tour in an rv with their equipment and stuff but it was too much strain and then something got overheated when a fire started the yeah the the gas was underneath everything and then everything uh sp- went ablaze pretty quickly yeah they do go up in flames pretty quickly uh rvs are uh extremely combustible it's scary yeah so that's why they have load limits people yeah and um nick hexum their lead singer he had a uh he had a really long hair, but as they were trying to escape the RV, his hair got all burned, so he just shaved his head. And he kept a shaved head style for a little while after that. And I think it was a pretty pretty in-style thing in the early mid-90s, uh, but he did it by necessity. So I was really impressed with what I heard there. It was a fun lesson. Uh, i got to be honest with you. Were they on Capricorn? label by any chance yep uh yeah usually capricorns associated with southern rock and uh and, yeah like the almond brothers and, and so on and uh uh wet willie and some other acts and uh, i was never heard them and uh, thinking they were you know southern southern jam band but i was wrong and uh i was really impressed with what i heard 311's got a variety of styles they're 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 a neat band and They've been going at it for a while. They really appreciate their fans. Uh, I love 311. I love what they're about. So uh, before that, the we had Lemon Twigs, their debut album. Yeah, I think I remember hearing that song. Yep. Yeah. Kind of sounds like Todd Rundgren too. Yeah. It's called These Words, released in 2016. I found out about this song through my buddy Wesley one day in Homeroom before uh actually i think we had homeroom after first period for some reason 
but he um he went up to me and he was like oh you gotta hear this and he showed me their first single which was these words and uh it remains arguably my favorite lemon twig song to this day it's just really great it's got a great build up and uh a cool piece of music so that was a lot of fun to play and before that we have uh you don't understand by house of love off of their album Bay Rainbow, released in 1992. I'm going to have to dig more into this band, House of Love. I liked what I heard, and um, there must be some British guys or something. Uh, but it's... Yeah, these guys... These guys sounded good. They're good. Yeah, they did. Uh, nice style kind of reminds me of the uh, Stone Roses, other acts coming from that same era. Yeah, imp- impressive set there, young man. Oh, thank you. Yeah, just wait till my next set. Wow. Well, now I'm going to... I don't know what I'm going to do, but here comes some fishbone. All right, here we go. (laughs) Attention!
each other. Got up and they was boom, fighting. I was like, well, damn. Yeah, I can get into this. This how you do it? Pow. Pip. You know? I was grabbing nuts. Yeah, slam dance on this. They have big hands And they pat gently on your head And mothers, they all make sure Everyone is happy and well fed And everything is instant No one has to wait too long sing a Paul McCartney song.
Kevin Gilbert from the album Thud, Joytown, great song. I guess that was his vision of Utopia. <laughs> and, Maybe, because yeah, yeah. it sounded kind of cynical, but of course, yeah, that's the way he was. A little facetious. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, snarky. Kind of reminded me of um, of morphine. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit with, with the, the bass. Bass, bass lines, but I guarantee you the guy playing on the Kevin Gilbert record was playing at least with four strings instead of uh, Mark Sandman's two-string bass. Oh, yeah. Yeah, with the with the bottleneck slide, you know, the slide bass. and. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah, Joytown's great. Before that, yeah, kind of a crazy song. That leads into a great album, Give a Monkey a Brain, he swear, he'll swear he's the center of the universe. The group is Fishbone. They're a band of brothers, soul brothers, that is. Just, just really, really good metal musicians. And, uh, you know, they're right out there with Living Color, Bad Brains, 24-7 Spy, Jean-Paul Borelli, and uh, others. So good. Jimi Hendrix and the Band of Gypsies kind of pioneered that genre, I think, for for the black community, for black musicians. And... Uh, so that was Swim from the album Give the Monkey a Brain, and he'll swear he's the center of the universe. Released in 1993. Jeez, it's also timeless. Oh, yeah. We have a lot of 90s tunes today. Yeah, and just notice that. I'm going to continue that trend as well. So far we've had 97, 94, 93, 94. Uh... The 77s are from 92. Yeah. And now I have a group called Atari Teenage Riot. And this... Well, this was released in 1997, but it's kind of a compilation from some early EPs and singles that they had. Um, so I can't say when this exact song that I'm going to play was released, but it might have been around 95, if I remember correctly. Um, so this is Atari Teenage Riot. The song that I'm going to play is called Sick to Death. And it's, it's a trip. Let's go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, before I start, uh, um, yeah, when I was, when, last time when, you know, you were, you were complimenting my set. And then I was saying, uh. Yeah, just wait till my next set. Here we are. Um, yeah, here we are. 
Um, I was saying that because this one's uh, going to be a little a little out there. So um, bring it. All right, we'll see.
Yeah, one thing that can always be assured about Bjork is that uh, she's she's always very passionate about the music that she creates. Uh, so that was the second song off of her 1995 album called Post. That was called Hyper Ballad. I'm most familiar with P- Bjork's um, 93 album called Debut. And I got... Well, that was definitely, um, definitely not her first. Uh, I guess it was kind of the first of modern solo era Bjork. Bjork released uh, an album in 1977 when she was a child. Uh, (laughs) And then she had the stint with the Sugar Cubes. Uh, They created very good music. And, And then... In the 90s, she started doing her solo stuff, which she continues to do to this day, getting weirder uh, by by the year. But there's something endearing about it, and uh, yeah, I enjoy Bjork. I, I like listening to Bjork. She definitely pushes the envelope, the challenges the listeners, is just not your everyday stuff, which is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so before that, we had... Um, Crown on the Ground by a band called Sleigh Bells. And this was released in 2010. And they call it Hyper Pop. And it was a, uh, basically, this album was kind of a precursor to, to, um, to more mainstream pop that you hear today. I'm not saying that this album wasn't mainstream because it was actually pretty popular but more artists have followed suit and purposely mixing their songs to to be loud to the point where it might uh might clip and and glitch out um glitch pop glitch pop hyper pop um whatever you might want to call it um there have been certainly more than a few artists to take inspiration from sleigh bells and what they've been doing it's a great name for a band i keep thinking of that Christ, the holiday christmas holiday season song sleigh bells it is a it is a great name for a band yeah, yeah very what nice should have done is just spell it s-l-a-y bells yeah maybe uh, that was a pretty popular uh popular term on social media people would say like uh slay i think but the slay bells they started uh before that term was popular i think that term was popular like um i want to say probably within the last seven years or so so maybe maybe eight years um but this is from 2010, so just a little bit before. It makes you wonder if they would have called themselves Slay with an S-L-A-Y. So before that, um, we had Atari Teenage Riot. Now that was interesting. It, the energy level on that one kind of reminded me of listening to MC5's Kick Out the Jams, you know, where you just explode into a torrent of energy that throws you right into the mosh pit, kind of, sort of. Yeah, this is from a label called Digital Hardcore Recordings. That explains it. Yeah. <laughs> and that was under 
the Grand Royal label, which was the Beastie Boys label. How about that? Yep. Grand Royal was a really, really cool thing. Uh, I only know a little bit about it from reading the Beastie Boys book, but basically the Beastie Boys wanted to help, um, to help artists gain a following. Um, they wanted to start a small label, so artists could have a label to release music through, kind of have like a, uh, a means of getting their music around to, and distributed to different places, and there have been a lot of cool artists to come through that label, and they also had a publication um, that, I believe it was, um, it was MCA, he worked uh, as kind of the main creative catalyst behind the publication, but he had Atari Teenage Riot, among others, such as uh, Butter 08, uh, Buffalo Daughter, which I enjoy a lot, and uh, some others came through Grand Royal. So, great stuff. Excellent. That's, that was a great set. It was, it was out there, man. I liked it. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Coming up, Sting, as you've probably never heard him before, and they, you'll probably never hear him like this again, and uh, Phil Kagey, and one other thing, and then maybe we'll close it. I don't know. We could go on all day. We could. We I could do have. Too. I do have work. Oh. But 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 before work, I'm going to show you around the audacity a little bit for the editing sake. And uh, af after I get the songs all compiled together, which I do through iTunes on the computer. And I could show you how I do that as well. If you so choose.
from brain cell surgery going back to the 70s yeah what a great album oh yeah uh, i remember um i don't know when you got the uh when you got the 5.1 dvd version of the album but i remember there would be times where uh i'd be upstairs and then i'd hear you start to play it and uh i'd come down and then whole room would be filled up with the uh with the album especially when jerusalem was playing uh because like it's a it's a powerful opening cut and it's it's great and before that phil kagan from his album hem song jerusalem Jerusalem. yeah we have two different arrangements the uh, lyrics that greg lake uh sang on this song are written by william blake and uh, music by hubert perry um, the British declare as their national as, as a, a nationalist hymn. Legend has it, and I don't know if it's true that uh, Jesus's nephew—I'm sorry, uncle rather—Joseph of Arimathea uh, conducted business in England uh, way back when, and he had, he, Jesus and Joseph traveled to. Uh, UK, where Joseph of Arimathea conducted business, so uh, that's where the inspiration for this particular tune came from. Before that, Sting, as you've never heard him before, never will hear him again, <laughs> from the album Songs from the Labyrinth, the music by John Dowland, or Doland, we're going Anglo here, guys, performed by Sting and Eden Karab- Karamazov. Um, both Sting and Karamazov play the, the uh, arch lute, and Karamazov also plays the lute. So, yeah, this is ancient stuff. This is going back to the uh, late 15, early 1600s. Wow. And, uh, yeah, it's something different. Sting. Certainly. Mr. Sting, as Frank Zappa would call him, Mr. Sting. Oh, really? Frank Zappa called him Mr. Sting? Well, yeah. Uh, Sting did a performed with the Zappa touring band at one time. Did "Murder by Numbers," which was a police song. Wow, I never knew that. Yeah. That's pretty it's cool. On the albums here somewhere, I think it might be on Broadway the Hard Way. If I'm not mistaken. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So. Uh, I also heard that Sting, um, I forgot what instrument he wanted to learn, but he wanted, he wanted to learn, uh. One of one of those uh, old time instruments. The arch lute is definitely uh, definitely old time. Yeah, so maybe maybe it was uh, maybe it was the arch lute. Maybe it was a different one. But I remember hearing a story that um, that there was a guy who was really really good at playing it, and Sting wanted to learn from him so badly, uh, but the guy did not want to. Uh, associate with Sting, and he did not want to teach Sting the instrument. Who was the, who was the musician? I don't know. I'd I'd have to do more research on it. So I guess like this, this story, um, you know, it doesn't have as great of an effect since I can't remember the details. But, uh, basically, Sting kept begging and begging and offering more and more money until the uh, musician finally. Uh, just gave in because Sting offered uh, 
an incredibly high amount of money. His soul, he must have sold his soul. I guess it was the devil, the musician was the devil, and Sting sold his soul to the devil to, to play the lute. No, 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 I'm no. Kidding. But he did spend a lot of money, which showed how how committed he was to wanting to learn the instrument. Yeah. And it, it proved to proved to the other musician that, okay, this guy must be for real. So uh, Sting learned, and he was very committed, and he had uh, a lot of honor to, yeah. to do that. That album came out in 2006 with a Deutsche Grammophone label, which is a classical label. Uh, I first became acquainted with the loop by listening to uh, a focus guitarist, uh, Jan Ackerman. He did a solo album called Profile and then Tabernacle, where the loop was prominent in his performances, and he did the music of uh, uh, Merry Old England, you know, through various composers and so on. So um, I guess we're running. It's about time, right? Yeah, it's about time. Yeah, so let, let's let it go, unless you have something else. No, uh, nothing else for this week. No, and uh, yeah, school starting next week. Monday, tomorrow. Tomorrow. And uh, we'll do our best to bring something to you every week, but please understand if we don't, because uh, school's in session. And uh, we hope you enjoyed this, this excursion into musical insanity and other stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah. I'm John. I'm Nicholas. Thanks for thanks for listening. Yeah, listen again, please. And tell your friends. Sure. See ya.